My distinct pleasure to welcome back our governor, Ned Lamont, joining us for today. The governor who's had to play medical expert the last couple of years because of the pandemic. These days, governor, you having to play weatherman as well and let people know what to do if it's cold or if there's snow on the way? <laughs> yeah, good morning, Wayne. Yep, there's always something. So, first off, you've had notifications of people bundling up and staying warm and what to do if they need to get warm. What's the advice for people on this coldest morning of the week? Uh, if you don't have um, a place to go that's warm, dial 211. We'll show you where the uh, warmest shelter is that you can get to. If you, if you have a senior or somebody who's living by themselves, give them a call. Just make sure that they're okay. Uh, we're going to have a lot of snow uh, probably on Saturday, so maybe um, stock up a little bit with a few necessities just to make sure that you don't have to get out on the road on Saturday. And putting your meteorology hat on, what are your experts telling you about what you think parts of Connecticut are going to get on Saturday? Right now, the weather reports are all never that helpful, somewhere between 4 and 14 inches, so um, depending on where you are. What you ought to know is it's a big snowstorm. Stay off the roads as best you can. Now, one of the reasons we began doing this a couple of years ago is because of the pandemic, and we've had periodic updates from you, the governor, since that time. And while on one hand the hospitalizations are coming down, our infection positivity rate that was 25% is now down just above 10%. But now what are you hearing about a new Omicron variant out there that has made an appearance in Connecticut? Uh a very short history to, uh, determined. Uh, we think it is an Omicron variant. We do think uh, that um, vaccinations and boosters work as effectively against it as it did against Omicron. Uh, I think it's going to have relatively milder symptoms, but time will tell on that. Uh, I think we know how to live with uh, uh, COVID right now. I think we know how to keep ourselves safe, and uh, we're going to be able to manage through this just like we managed through uh, the last couple of variants. The numbers did spike just after Christmas and New Year's. They've been coming back down. But, you know, here we are, like 11% now. And on November the 4th, it was 1.3%. So we've got a long way to go on that. But with the trending in the right direction, what are your medical people, the DPH people telling you? Do you expect this lowering trend to continue? I think we do. Uh, I'm not an expert on the latest variant, but uh, based upon what we see in South Africa, and then uh, New York City. New York is, tends to be a week or so ahead of us. I think you can see the numbers continue to go down. Uh, and I think, um, you know, we're prepared. Uh, you know, we keep our schools open. We keep our businesses going. Uh, get your booster. We've got plenty of boosters wherever you want to go. Uh, we've got the rapid test. Millions have been distributed via our schools, via our mayors. So that's readily available. You don't have to get the rapid test every day. You know, there was a big rush to the gate early on. But, um, you know, if you're feeling symptoms, um, you know, uh, wait a couple of days and then take the test to make sure it's not COVID. How accurate are they? If I test positive for the home kit, am I supposed to report to anybody? I think that's too complicated. Um, if you test positive, uh, stay home for a few days. See if you're symptomatic or non-symptomatic, assuming you're not, you know, take another test and get back to work. You've now distributed 3.7 million self-tests, including 500,000 this week. I think you might have touched on this a moment ago, but of those 500,000 this week, are those the ones that are going to schools and places like that? 
uh, about half and half, but that's right. We wanted to make sure that everybody knows you can be at school safely. And that means N95 masks for any teacher that wants it. That means uh, self-rapid tests for teachers and students as needed. Uh, we made a big point of making sure all of our teachers are vaccinated, and the overwhelming majority are also boosted. And more and more of our kids are uh, getting uh, vaccinated as well. So I think the trend is in the right direction. Do you anticipate another one of those self-test distributions and also the N95 masks going out to state residents in general? Or is the fact that the government, the federal government, is sending out those tests for people who asked pretty much taking care of that for the time being? Uh, we've always been there as a backstop for the federal government. We got going a lot faster than the federal government, especially at the end of last year when everybody really was desperate for tests. So you can go to the federal government. They will deliver uh, for you, um, you know, at, at no cost. Uh, you can go to the pharmacies. Your insurance will pay for it. And then along the way, we're going to be distributing millions more of these tests just to make you uh, feel safe and know you can get back to work safely. And you issued an order requiring nursing home visitors to show proof of COVID vaccination or negative test result. Give me your mindset behind that. I think, Wayne, you remember how hard our nursing homes in this state and across the country were hit going back a year and a half ago. They're our most vulnerable citizens. So, yeah, we said, um, thankfully, the nurses, the nursing homes um, are almost all vaccinated. We said, now we want you to be boosted over the course of the next two weeks they've got. I think it's the right thing to do. It's one of our last remaining executive orders, and um, I hope the um, I hope the legislature continues it. And where do things stand as far as those executive orders? I know that there's been some talk of whether you can renew them. If you wanted to renew, from what you feel that you need, what specific ones do you think that need to be renewed? Yeah, Wayne, we've gone from uh, three hundred plus executive orders down to 11, which are very limited, specific to public health, uh, that we'd like to see the legislature continue at least for another, say, 60 days. You, you just mentioned one of them. Uh, before you go into a nursing home, um, you ought to uh, show that you've been boosted or at least uh, test negative so you can go into that nursing home safely. allows us to purchase quickly if we need to. If there's another um, variant, we need to get an awful lot of rapid tests quickly. Give us the flexibility to do that without a 30-day RFP process. You know, and frankly, the big one is masks. We'll see um, how much longer we need masks in the schools and when we allow municipalities and superintendents to determine that on their own. You know, with 11% infection, I think it's too early, but we're heading in the right direction. What do you say to the people who say that masks don't work? There's a population out there that really believes that. The medical people disagree. Yeah, there's a population that says the world is flat. Um, uh, my job is uh, not to stigmatize. My job is every day to um, do what I can based on science to convince you this is the best way to keep your family safe and keep your schools open. And that is if, um, you know, uh, the masks work. The masks keep you safe and keep those around you a little bit safer. News from the uh, Revenue Department, the DRS, is that they've got this tax amnesty program. It expires on January 31st. What's your message for the folks who have back taxes? Basically, time to pay up right now and not get the big penalty later, I guess. That's exactly right. Um, we don't do this uh, very often because if you do, it leaves us meaning. But this is a window that Mark Bowden, our Commissioner of Revenue Services, put in place. 
There's a lot of folks out there with back taxes, maybe COVID, other things slowed them up. Here's your chance to pay up. We're getting back to our new normal. A lot less penalty. Clean the slate. Go forward free and clear. And news from the University of Connecticut. They've got a new interim president, Radenka Merrick, who serves as the next president. And she replaces Dr. Andrew Aguinobi, who is going into private service. Do you play any role in the selection of a UConn president? And do you know either of these people, the, the past president or the incoming interim president, that you can give us a little insight about? Yeah. In my job, I get a chance to know everybody. Um, and... Um, Andy Aguinobi, incredible star, UConn Health, took over at UConn uh, less than a year ago, is interim president, really manages that well. Such a talent that, um, you know, the rest of the world noticed as well. So he'll be heading over to Humana, a leading healthcare company, uh, in a very senior role. And Rodenka, I'm just getting to know her. Um, she's an entrepreneur, really a focus on uh, starting up um, businesses, uh, scientists, the focus on the hydrogen hydrogen-powered cars and transportation, and uh, she'll, she'll be our interim president for the near term. We'll see what goes forward from there. Great answer. And last week, you announced that Access Health CT, Connecticut's health insurance exchange, is launching its Broker Academy, first-of-a-kind program aimed to reduce health disparities. Tell me more about the Broker Academy and what it means to the average guy on the street. Thank you for that question. First of all, Access Health is the best deal for health care. It's on the exchange, virtually no cost to anybody earning less than a $75,000 a year, a big bonus, and we ought to get everybody insured that's not insured. And we just figured out, you know, with vaccines and others, that uh, you just can't send down an email and hope that everybody responds. You have to uh, be of the community to reach out to people and advocates. So you're right. We put in place a brokerage academy. Uh, really focused on um, some of our cities where people are much less likely to be um, have insurance, um, a black and brown population, so your neighbors reaching out to you to make sure you get the insurance. And tell me about the rollout of Connecticut's new paid family and medical leave program. Two things. Um, number one, um, I want Connecticut to be the most family-friendly state in the country. I want young families to know they can come here and you can uh, balance work and um, and family in an equitable way. That's what paid family and medical leave. Um, it's up. It's operating. You go to the website. If you, um, you know, have a, a procedure that's coming up or you know that you're going to be giving birth in a period of time, you know, we'll have you covered for um, up to 12 weeks. It's uh, on budget and ahead of schedule. Some economic development news in the last couple of weeks, including yesterday's news of the Waterbury Naugatuck Industrial Park creating a thousand new jobs, and also the development of the State Pier in New London. Your thoughts on those? Those are um, big projects that will be transformative for our state for um, decades to come. First of all, down there in the Naugatuck Valley, Naugatuck Valley two-way rail service, it's um, coming back. A big thousand jobs moving there with the Amazon distribution facility. And for um, our listeners here closer to home, uh, the state pier in New London, it's really invaluable for us getting our wind power going over the next uh, seven, ten years. And, and just as importantly, for the long term, we own it, and it's going to really bring New London back as a major port. Federal dollars from the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan did a lot of good for Connecticut families during the pandemic. Have those funds now expired, or do you anticipate any more federal money coming into the state? 
I have a feeling um, it's coming to a close. We still have a, a fair amount of the ARPA money, which we are, that's the last of the federal monies um, to deal with uh, COVID. And we're distributing that carefully over the next year and a half to make sure there are no cliffs. My instinct is the next thing coming out of Washington is going to be daycare and universal pre-K, which is part of the Build Back Better bill. And, uh, daycare and universal pre-K are absolutely vital to getting our people back to work. And wrapping things up on a music and sports standpoint now, thoughts about a guy with big-time Connecticut roots? We lost Meatloaf. And I, what I liked about him was the news, and you talked about this on your social media pages, he was a softball coach. He drafted the first girl to the Stanford Little League team where he was known as Coach Meat. Your thoughts on Mr. Loaf? Uh, I love Meatloaf. Um, my kids gave me as a birthday present uh, some years ago. We all went to uh, a Meatloaf concert. He's magic. Uh, he's, um, he tells a story with his uh, music. And uh, you've probably seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. But, yeah, he was a Connecticut guy with Connecticut roots, uh, you know, not necessarily the persona you would have imagined. He was a, a baseball coach, and as you pointed out, um, uh, one of the girls famously went up to him and said, uh, Coach, are you Coach Loaf? Are you Coach Meat? What do I call you? And you're right. They ended up with Coach Meat. Great stuff. And lastly, a guy with Connecticut ties as well. And I don't think you're a Red Sox fan, but you have a little respect for David Ortiz, who played his minor league ball in New Britain. Uh, everybody loves Big Poppy. I may be a, more of a Yankees fan, but we love Big Poppy, everything he represented. And yeah, Anthony Anthony showed me that he started out um, in New Britain, playing for the team there. So a lot of superstars get their start right here in Connecticut. Remember that. Fun way to wrap things up. Governor, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Right back at you, Wayne. Take care. Our Governor Ned Lamont joining us this morning on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.